Look, have mercy on What's me. up, everybody, and welcome back to On the Bluff, presented by Carmigo. Gabe, you know what I love about Carmigo? How well, easy it is, man. Of course. Carmigo, yeah. the easiest way to sell your car on the internet. And we've got some big news tonight. Over the last several weeks, it's been $50 off. Now, if you use Carmigo through On the Bluff at carmigo.io slash onthebluff350, yes. you get the full 350 waived for the sale fee. Sale and you got to capitalize on the bluff. Capitalize on the bluff. Yep. 350. 350. Yep. yep. And you get the selfie completely waived. So no $50 off anymore. 100% discounted free rate on the sale rate. So pretty awesome there. Shout out to Carmigo uh, for doing that yes. for you guys. Shout out. Um, can't, it doesn't get any easier than that. You it doesn't. You don't even have to pay anything. Worry free, hassle free, nationwide network of dealers. I tell you every single week, but on the bluff, 350. Three hundred fifty dollars off that covers the whole selfie. I mean, yep. that's they're 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 just they're making it as easy as possible. Yep. And, and you know what? We're we're helping as well. We're helping facilitate that for you. <laughs> give us a little credit. We like to give back. So all you got to do, Carmigo.io/slash on the bluff three fifty. You go in, put in some personal information, put in the information about your vehicle, take thirteen photos of your vehicle. Carmigo makes that absolutely as easy as possible. All you got to do. Go on your phone. You line up your car with the shot that's given on your phone. You take the pictures. Uh, they finalize the deal and everything for you right then. Get everything taken care of. It literally couldn't be easier. If you want want to get rid of your car in the easiest possible way, go to carmigo.io slash on the bluff 350. I'm telling you, save yourself yep. some time. Save yourself the hassle. Carmigo takes care of everything. They handle the paperwork. They do it all for you pretty much. All you got to do is put in some information and take some pictures, and that's it. Your car will be sold within 24 hours. You can't beat it. Welcome back to the show, Mr. Gabe Coon. What's up, brother? How are you doing? I'm wonderful, man. I'm fired up today. Yeah, me too. I am. I'm glad to be back in front of you and Kenny. Yeah. Guys, I'm struggling today. Why? I, mean, I, I messed it all. The, the, the whole behind the curtain a little bit. We've had multiple takes here trying to get this thing rolling. You didn't have right? to tell them that, Kenny. But listen, I'm an open book. I'm an open book, man. You, see, you didn't even have to tell them but, that. But listen, listen you, guys, you guys are professionals, and yes. I am no, trying to raise my game today. I'm you're trying to raise my game. You're a professional. Yeah, we've done. This is the 33rd episode, and this was the first time we've done multiple takes on the yep. intro. Yep. So it happens sometimes. His finger slipped on the on the <laughs> on the music on the music once, and then <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, it, it was okay. We're, we forgive Kenny. Yeah, Kenny, absolutely. we forgive you. Thank I hope you, man. You know I appreciate that. Yeah, you only wasted like three minutes <laughs> of our life, so it's really not that big. Of a deal. He didn't even have to mention it, but he's but he he's did. very upfront. Yeah. He's he's got to let people know. Yeah, that we're we're not perfect. But you know what, Kenny? We love you. We do. We love you the same. How was your weekend? Good. You were at the. You were on the lake. Yes, sir. We left Thursday for the lake. Nineteen folks. No one that listens to the show on a weekly <laughs> basis is surprised by that. Yeah. In the slightest. Good. Lord. Uh, but yeah, we went to Pickwick for the weekend. Left on Thursday. How many? Came back on Sunday. How many boats? Three boats. Nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta, we had we had three boats. Michael's parents have a boat, and then two of our other friends have boats. Nice boats. Everybody has nice boats. We ain't rolling out there. Pontoon no or like just regular? Or no, like all like nice. ski boats. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yes, yeah. If you're if you're around a bunch of boats, those pontoons get sunk, right? Out there <laughs> on, on Pickwick, if there's enough boats out there. Never seen a never seen a pontoon sink. I have. Have you? Not in person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. So, this is the way that it goes when we go to the lake with this group of people, like with all my friends. I, I enjoy the water sports, right? Okay. 
skiing, all that stuff. Yep. Everyone else, they just kind of like to drink, have fun, literally go into the cove, tie the boats off, float, party all day, which I, I like that too. I'm not saying I don't. But I do enjoy the water sports. So I, I really think this was to appease me and, and pretty much get it out of the way. We get there on Thursday. We left at like 12, so we got there around like 2, 2.30. Immediately jumped on the boats, went out there. As soon as we get out there, so I skied, Michael skied, one of our other friends. So then skied. Friday, Saturday. Not you, once. Yeah. Not one time. Yeah. So we did that for like the first 45 minutes or an hour that we were out there, and that was it. Can I say something? That Can I can I bring this to – we talked about it off air. I'm going to talk about it on air. Okay. Christian drank two beers this weekend. <laughs> Christian, if you know about this, he does not drink. He drank two beers. What kind of beers? Michelob's. Okay. There you go. Two Michelob's this weekend yeah. on Picklick. You got rowdy out there. For me, brother. that is rowdy. God, yeah. That is. That is rowdy. Is that two beers in how long of a period? Is that like an hour? No, no, I'm talking about like how long have you had you not like drank, drank at all? Drank at all for three years? Three Did someone just, someone just convinced you? No, I mean no. It you was, just oh, you got caught up in the moment, right? Well, nice. they they said like it, that you know, a boy playing team games. If you lose, you know, oh drink, okay, and was just like I don't plan on losing. You know, I'm the sober one. Won a bunch of games and then lost one, and that was a good sport. And took the beer. Okay, nice, no big deal. If I, I will Proud say though, I will say though, two beers. If I'd have drank one more, <laughs> son on the floor. Yeah, and that that might be unbelievable. Yeah. But when you haven't drank in that long, I'm telling you. Yeah, I hear you. I knew no more. My teeth started you. getting numb. That's when I knew. <laughs> Your teeth got numb. My numb. teeth and my tongue. I'm it's, not familiar with when teeth I, getting when numb. When I did used to drink back in the day, that's how I knew that I was at that point. <laughs> my teeth and my tongue would start getting You know numb. how I know? It's if, if my face starts getting warm. Yeah. That's my most, face starts like getting warm, it's, yeah. But I, oh, whip. I'll put, like, you'll see me just constantly licking the back <laughs> of my teeth because I'm like, are they still there? Like, what's going on? Uh, but yeah, yeah, we had a great time, dude. That's yeah, we've been looking forward to that obviously for a long time. We got a beach trip coming up later in the year. I think there's 14 of us uh, queued up for that one, so we got a couple more vacations coming up. But that's nice. all, it's so much fun just hanging out with everybody, chilling, listening to music, playing in the lake. It's a great time, wonderful yeah. time. Now for me, yep, a long ass week. It was hellacious. Yeah, brother, hellacious. Self inflicted wounds. Well, yeah, so it's kind of, kind of. 87%. <laughs> sure. I mean, I overbooked myself on Saturday. <laughs> Let me put it that way. I overbooked myself for this this Saturday. Taylor was on a bachelorette trip, so we couldn't, like, split up and go to various places. And on I her, had to, On her bachelorette trip. On her ba hers, yes. Yeah. On hers in San Diego. So she had a great time. She just got home today. It's Monday. It's yeah. Monday. This is when we're recording. Um, but, uh... On Saturday, tea time, 8 a.m., finished at 12.30. Then I took, like, a little bit of a nap. Then I had to be back up at, like, 3 to go to a couple shower all the way out on the edge of Collierville. I stayed there for an hour, two. Then I had to come all the way back downtown from the edge of Collierville, 30 miles into downtown Memphis to go to a wedding reception. And from that wedding reception, good friends. I don't like saying no. I'm I'm a I'm a team I'm player. a I'm a team player. I am a, a part of the gang. Yeah. And they all went to Rayfords. I haven't been to Rayfords in like my God, 
three, four years easily, maybe five. I mean, I can't even remember the last time I was at Rayford's. Um, but I went to Rayford's. <laughs> and I, so I had a 8 a.m. 8 a.m. to about midnight. That's sort a, of that's a day. Paul driving back and forth. It was it was something. Got my 40, got my 40 on there yep. at, at Rayford's. I think the earliest it, I went to sleep this entire weekend was like 3 30. Good Lord. And I'm not a guy that's like, yeah. oh, I can rock with four hours. Like that's just not some people can do it. I can't. Like yeah. if I get less than seven, practically worthless. Yeah. So to do that three nights in a row, I got home yesterday. And you had two beers. <laughs> <laughs> Those weren't still lingering yeah. yesterday. Uh, you felt the, you really felt those the next day, didn't you? Yeah. No, I actually didn't. Shockingly, I, yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, but I think I got home at like twelve forty-five. I told Michael on the way home. I rode with Michael um, on the way there and on the way back. I told him I was like, "Look, I'm going to be asleep by one forty-five. I guarantee you, I don't wake up before five thirty, and I also guarantee you, I have no issue going to sleep tonight." Got home. Took a shower, laid in bed. <laughs> Last time I looked at the clock, it was one fifty-five. Woke up, it was five fifty. That's at a point. Woke up, took a shower, ate dinner, called it a night. Did you say you took a shower and then took another shower? Yep. Is that how you go to sleep easily? Yep. Okay, that makes sense. I have to shower before I go to sleep. That makes sense. Has okay. to. I got you. So yeah, did that. Ate dinner. I was out by like ten thirty last night. Seven and a half hours of sleep last night. Four hour nap. Still felt terrible. Still tired. Yeah, still tired. Oh but my I'm gosh. I'm I'm there now. No, right? I'm good now. After I'm, I, I'm safe. After working all day today, going to the gym uh, this afternoon, coming here, like energy levels are are very. Can I high say again. something though about Rayford's? Just yeah. sidebar. <sighs> I have a good time with it. It depends on the group I'm with. You know, you'll have a good time there. It's hard not to have. A good it's time. just a pain in the ass. It's thirty dollars to get in. It's all cash, and then like I mean, the cheapest drink you're getting is a forty ounce Bud Light for ten dollars. And I don't want to drink a forty ounce Bud Light, like because it gets warm by the time. Right. And like, it, first of all, it's a lot of beer, and then by the time you get to the bottom of it, if you do get to the Not bottom of it, anymore. it's warm. It's yeah. like it's disgusting. I and then like, I, if you get a mixed drink, it's fourteen dollars a pop for like the little tiny little cup. Did y'all take shots or anything? No, I didn't take shots. I, went, I can't. The last time I went was probably four or five years ago, too, something like that. College days? Yeah. Um, they had Fruit Loop shots. I don't know if they still have those. I don't know. To tell to tell you how absolutely hammered I was this <laughs> night, I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty tight with money. Like right. I'm not just a go into a bar and throw a bunch of money. We literally walk in the door. I think it was uh, a friend's birthday party. We literally walk into the door. And we had already been pre-gaming. Walk in. Or I think we'd went to like three bars before that. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> pre-gaming went three bars. At other bars. Yeah. We walk in. It was obviously the last. Rayford's always like the last stop of the night. Walk in. Somebody's like, you got to get a Fruit Loop shot. They're awesome. Okay, whatever. I get a Fruit Loop shot. The, our friend that it was her birthday. And I was like, I'll get her one too. There was like seven of them behind me. <laughs> I bought... <laughs> Everybody shot. They're ten bucks a piece, aren't they? Yeah, yeah I spent ninety dollars on shots within three what a minutes. Guy. Within three minutes <laughs> of being in the door, I pull out, and that is the furthest every, thing from me. If I ever go there, I pull out a hundred dollars to start the night. Then I'll pay my cover, usually twenty to thirty bucks. So you say you have, you know, eight seventy or eighty. Yeah, that seventy or eighty is gone in like an hour. Yeah, it doesn't take long. 
it's ridiculous. It's so annoying. Yeah, that was that that one was one for me where I woke and up and I was like, we I can't were, believe I did that. The the wedding reception ended like nine and they don't open till ten, so we're waiting out there for an hour. I about sweat my yeah face off. Yeah, I melted out there. Oh, so y'all were there like when it opened? Oh God, yes. That's a little rough. Oh, don't get it twisted. It was it was rough. <laughs> it was rough. I mean, but it was honestly an early Rayford's night though, like eleven thirty. Yeah, that is, I mean, usually that's when you get to Rayford's like eleven thirty midnight. Yeah, but hey, I, I was not complaining. complaining. I, I, and I didn't even pay for an Uber home. It was fine. It was great. Yeah, it was a good night then. Yeah, it was it was solid. It was solid. Any anything else? No, nothing. All nothing. Right. Let's not jump in. Let's jump into a little bit of Memphis recruiting then, because that's. Primarily what's going on right now in the world of University of Memphis sports. Big news broke on Sunday night. Alabama guard, former five-star Javon Quinterly, entered the transfer portal. Grad transfer immediately uh, linked to Memphis by a couple of different people. Uh, Trilly Donovan linked him to Memphis. And then also, Trilly. And then also Hitman Hoops. Yep. Now with Bluff City Media. Shout out uh, to Hitman Hoops. What do you think about this? I've- how can I not love it, <laughs> That's right? That's what I'm saying. I mean, like, it, it's very clear with respect to Jalen Young. Seems like a really nice guy, nice kid. <laughs> it's very clear to me that Penny and that staff is saying this kid's not starting for us this right. year. So it's either going to be Caleb Mills sort of taking on that that combo, combo guard, point guard role, or they're going to go try to find outside help. And, like, Kirk Chris has been linked. Jaden Bradley's been linked. Now you have Javon Quinterly. Javon Quinterly has one more year. He's experienced as hell. Uh, he's averaged in double digits two year, two of his three years at Bama. Last year had his issues. Uh, but, I mean, he was still solid down the stretch of the season last yeah. year. You don't need, like, some absolute world beater to play point guard for this team, especially if you get DeAndre Williams back. You just need somebody who's steady and who has experience, who's not going to turn the ball over. And Javon Quinterly is that. Plus, he can give you a scoring punch, and he can shoot a three ball. I think it would be an absolute home run if he ends up as a starting point guard with Memphis. And I, I don't even, I don't think there's a question about it. I'm with you, and I think, I think if JQ were to come to Memphis and they play him differently than Nate Oates did at Alabama last year. Which Nate Oates had a, a log jam at the point guard spot with Mark Sears, Sears and JQ, Bradley. Jaden Bradley. So I understand I understand JQ not having his best season last year. It totally makes sense. Uh, and, and some of the struggles were on him, and I think some of the struggles were just personnel and the way that he was Well, playing. I mean, if you saw him down the stretch of the season, like when it mattered, he showed up. Absolutely. He showed much, the hell up. Much better the second half of Two, the season. And by the way, he's a two-time All-SEC tournament performer. He was a – wasn't he the tur- tournament MVP one year? He was a tournament MVP one so. year. yeah. And like I mean, he's he, when it matters, he will show up and, yeah. and show out. He's one of those dudes that when the lights come on, that's yeah. when he plays his best. And that, I mean, that's kind of been a stigma with New York Hoopers for a long time. Yeah. Is that under the bright lights, that's when they play play best. Um, but I would, I mean, it's it's a no brainer. Like you yeah. said, home run, no brainer. The fit makes too much sense. Like what he's able to do as far as the three ball, as far as facilitating. Uh, overall, he can score at all three levels. I think he was what thirty eight percent, thirty six percent, something like Last that. Last year he was shooter. down, but he's like I think his whole career is around thirty six. He's 37. like thirty five. But his first year at Bama, he was like a forty one, forty two percent three point shooter. He was he he can put it up. He yeah. can shoot. Good size, not a small point guard by any means. And then I think your point guard depth at that point is great. Yeah. Now, having a guy like Jalen Young to come off the bench as the number two, it's what we've seen. 
be his role since he committed to Memphis is that he needs to be the backup point guard. And I, I don't hate the idea of Caleb Mills playing point guard. I think he's perfectly capable of doing it. I yeah. Think, I think he would have maybe his ups and downs. Is it ideal, though? Yeah, right. right. This is ideal. You yeah. move Caleb Mills back to off the ball, and I just think this whole lineup works better because we've talked about this kind of every week as things have progressed. What could this lineup look like with XYZ? Now, you know, just for fun, just for the hell of it, like if you got JQ, Caleb Mills – who starts at the three? We don't know. We'll TFL. say TFL Leonard. Then you got DeAndre yeah. uh, and whoever ultimately ends up playing. Yeah. Or if, it's, if it's Nick Jordan and Nick DeAndre Jordan, Williams, yeah. like, like however it plays out, like a backcourt of Caleb Mills and JQ is not only one of, I mean, one of the best back, a top fifteen, top twenty backcourt in the country. It's one of the most experienced by far. Yep. JQ, this is what this will be. What his year year five of playing, but six year in college, six year in college, and Caleb Mills year five. Yeah, you have eleven years of collegiate experience in your backcourt in your backcourt between your point guard and your shooting and, guard, and how can you hate that? <laughs> it's funny, like at this point in the game, like I know, like early, a lot of people were like, why, why, why didn't Penny and Mustav get involved with Caleb Love, and why are they getting involved with this guy and this guy and this guy? Now, if anybody gets out into the open market, that's worth bringing in Memphis is Memphis is immediately, linked immediately man immediately. like it just, it just shows like when you get to this point in the offseason people get desperate and you do good work and this this staff will do good work when they're desperate and I uh I just look at that bench and those assistant coaches and just that coaching staff like I, it's it's amazing to think what what he's assembled there as far as just recruiting power Borman in his own right is unbelievable. We know Penny's good, but then you add Rick Stansberry, and it's just like who who can they not go get? Right. I, I really I I like to see them involved though with guys this late. Yeah. So JQ kind of seems like the primary point guard target right now. There's been a couple of players that we've seen Memphis. I don't necessarily want to say miss on Jaden Bradley. I would say more so of a miss. Kirk, yeah, Kirk Chrisa. Uh, tran- enter the transfer portal from West Virginia after transferring from Arizona after the Bob Huggins stuff that we talked about last week, ultimately deciding to stay uh, in Can Morgantown and play for, yeah. Kirk Chrissa, that to me was like, it almost felt like in the NBA when dudes got a player option, right? Yeah. His final year in a contract, and he opts out of it just to see what his uh, market is like elsewhere. Hey, can I get this type of money there? Oh, no, they're not going to give me that type of money. Maybe I ought to, ought to just stay here because they're going to give yeah. me a decent amount of money and I'm familiar. Like, it felt like that was sort of him hopping in the portal to see the bidding situation. Yeah, And they, he knew that people weren't going to sort of blame him because Huggins was out, and that's the reason ultimately probably he committed. But, it, I mean, I I always thought that was an option, that Kirk Crystal was going to hop right back into West Virginia. How but they big, still how need to figure out a, their coaching situation. Yeah, how big of a gap or a difference do you think there is between Kirk Chrisa and JQ? Mm. That's tough. I think Kirk Chris is the more natural facilitator. Absolutely, and I think Javon Quinterly is the better scorer, playmaker, and playmaker. Yeah. So like I, I don't think there's that much of a gap. It's just a slightly different type of player. Yeah. I, I'm but with I think you on they that. can. I think they can accomplish similar things from a winning perspective. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think it changes the number of games or anything like that. I think you just have two different types of players. Yeah. And, but and I, but I, it's not that like again like Kirk Chris is just that natural table setter, not going to turn the ball over. He's going to make you comfortable working offense in the half court. Javon Quinterly just. 
I mean, maybe he turns the ball over a little bit more, but I mean, experience the same. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> scoring, punch, shooting. I'd give it to Javon Quinterly by a little bit. Passing, I'd give it to Kirk Chris. I think it's just very similar. They're yeah. very similar. Yeah. No. I and I think when when the Kirk Chris link was made, I was excited about that mm-hmm. for sure because you just see that as like you said as a natural facilitator. But then I just look at it as a natural fit for this team. Someone that's yep. not going to try to take over. Someone that's has no problem taking a back seat is a, a solid shooter. But I don't think JQ's like that really. I don't either. either. I don't either, and I think he does have a little bit. But more. also, when he has it going, you want him to have you the want ball him in his hands ball. and shooting. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I don't think there's a big gap, big difference there at all. Um, one discussion came up, and it's from Jeff Goodman, and people will say, "Well, Jeff Goodman's a Memphis hater." And I listen. I, th- I thought the reaction that I've seen to Chandler getting into the portal late versus Javon Quinterly getting in the portal late, I'm like, there's a difference in how y'all covered that. But regardless. I'm not going to do that with Jeff. But he does bring up a point about Javon Quinterly getting into the portal June 25th, which is late. Like, it is late. I'm not hiding that. But I don't know if I like the messaging there, especially from a graduate student that's been at Alabama for three years and got recruited over multiple times. You know what I mean? Like, a normal student at this point in the year could – Go wherever the hell they want to go to. If a guy feels that he has a better opportunity elsewhere, when does it? Re- why does it really matter? Especially in the off season, any time in the off season, if he's a graduate, why does it matter that he's getting into the portal a little bit later than you would have anticipated? Right. And people will talk about, oh, well, the coaches now these coaches have uh, less power, and I guess it's sort of that the, it's no fun when the rabbit has the gun conversation, yeah. right? And it's like. I, these coaches still have plenty of power. They get to control who comes into the building. They get to control your scholarship. They get to control your playing time. They get to control how you're used in your role. Like, I, I, I don't – it's kind of annoying to see all of the discussion about players having power when for all this time it's been skewed to where the coach has 100% of the power and the player has zero. Now the player has what, 25%? 20, yeah of the power and everybody and it's a problem people are like up in arms and it's a problem now i just think that's goofy yeah and especially when you look at okay yeah jq entered the portal on june 25th but how many players aren't even on campus yet right you know what i'm saying right so why does it matter yeah and then like it's the summer man right like the the the, the first semester hasn't even started the fall semester haven't even started so just like calm your ass down (laughs) and then um i i guess for like undergrads and, like, guys that have already used their one-time transfer, maybe there should be a window. But, I mean, I'm just not as up in arms no, about doesn't. when guys are transferring. And, oh, well, roster retention. Well, they're dealing with it around the clock, right. brother. That's like, not that's, changing. That's not changing. So, I don't know. I, just, I, I, I see that, and I just – I get the point. I get what you're saying. Right. Because coaches really have to work overtime to keep the roster together and at least working – Everybody working in the same direction. But at the same time, I mean, I, I'm putting myself in the shoes of, like, if I wanted to go elsewhere, no matter what time it was of the year, if it's in the offseason, let me go. Should be able to go. Let me go. Yeah. Shouldn't be a cap because anything can happen. And obviously they'll allow different things for di- different circumstances. You know, Bob Huggins, you know, right. case in point on that. But still, I don't understand being up in arms about it and having an issue with it. Another recruiting update, Jordan Brown from Louisiana. We talked at length about him last week and, you know, kind of kind of salivated over the possibility of him 
playing at Memphis and what that could look like if they were to get uh, DeAndre Williams back, what that front court would be like. I think we said a top five, top ten front court in the country and by far the best in the American. Now it appears Jordan Brown has not graduated. He's got to graduate. I mean, he's got a summer, I guess. Like, theoretically, I don't know what they, Louisiana, how much, how much yeah. they offer in the summer, but he's got to graduate if he wants to get out of there. Yeah. Is that, you think, how, how much wind does that take out of the sales? A fair amount. <laughs> like, I mean, I, that's up to him. It's, it's, it's up to, it's up to him and the classes he's going to be able to take this summer. And I don't, cause like at Memphis, it would be, they have May master and then another summer semester, right? Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I so think there's so. like two you could take. I don't know how they do it at Louisiana. Yeah, because so, I, th- I think they ha- I think nowadays they have like the expedited. There's so much up in the air, but they have two scholarships. Let me just spitball. DeAndre comes back. JQ comes back. I think you're okay. Yeah. Uh, any honestly, any mix and match of these three guys is fine there right now. It's fine. Not I, I, to be honest with you. DeAndre, though, I think with all is all the, the options, that's the one you want the most. Yeah, yeah absolutely. and probably and, and certainly the most like. If he is able to get that that uh, year back, he's at Memphis. Like you don't have to worry There's about no wor- yeah. those guys committing to Memphis right. and other people trying to attract them elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, something that I know you're interested in talking about, and I think is an interesting conversation, especially in the modern college basketball, college athletics that we're in right now, with so many players in and out. And this is a tough one to kind of phrase because I feel like it can be taken the wrong way. Phrase it. Phrase go, it. Go for it, brother. Uh, why, why can't why can't the discussion about a player leaving, even if everything is said positively, still be taken positively? Why does there have to be a negative yeah. connotation? I, you know, it's interesting, and I'll I'll bring up this. This is just an example from last week. Like I, I. Got a little bit of flack for how I was talking about Chandler Lawson, and I found it very, very interesting. I was talking about Chandler Lawson committing to Arkansas, and I was like, man, I, you know, I, I really wish Chandler was still in a Memphis uniform. I really do, because he could have really helped this team, rebounding, what he does, connecting on defense, yada, yada, yada. But he commits to Arkansas. I said, that's a damn good team, and he's going to love Muss, probably love his teammates. But what I did say is, I mean, when we look at the minutes – that they're going to divvy up, is he going to get that many? It's yeah. Trayvon Brazil, obviously off ACL, so he's got to get back. But Trayvon Brazil, you've seen him play. He's right. unbelievable talent. Um, then they got Jeremiah Davenport at that forward spot. They have a Mitchell brother still at center. Like, there's not a bunch of minutes in that front court at Arkansas no. that, that, that are really out there for the taking. So I basically said, like, I think he'll have – if he was in a Memphis uniform, he'd have more minutes, Yeah, generally speaking, than he would – then he's going to this upcoming year at Arkansas. And I could be wrong on that. I could be wrong on that. But the, people took that out of proportion. Like, like I was crapping all over him. And I'm like, no, I'm just I'm, – I'm trying to use my observations right. about a guy I clearly like. I, 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 people are, like, saying I hate I, – I'm hating on him. Yeah, I'm hating on him so much that I still think he should be in a Memphis uniform. Right. I would love him to be in a Memphis uniform. Yeah. I just find like there's no middle ground at times with this. It may no. be the best decision for him, and I hope it's the best decision for him. I'm just pointing out the fact that from a minutes perspective, it's going to be hard to crack that forward rotation, that front court rotation. Yeah, I don't think everything has to be a backhanded compliment. Though. No, but that's but that's how it's taken. And, and to an sometimes extent, sometimes analysis is just that. It's right. analysis. To an extent, I do I do understand it, just because you know some people are 
feel different about players than other people. Like we all have yeah. different opinions on players. There are some people if they leave, you say, okay, don't doesn't make a big difference. Or if someone leaves and it's a huge difference. I mean, there's always gonna be differing opinions on how big of an impact does this have or what does it mean. But just breaking something down and analyzing it, one is what we get paid to do. Yes. And two is okay. Yes. It's not a big deal like to break something down. It doesn't have to be a hate thing. Or- and it's funny, it's like I hate I hate Chandler so much that I want him to be in a tiger uniform. Right. Like <laughs> still. But yeah, that's how much I hate him. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't it's just it's in it, listen. Like I guess there's some people that could be too close to certain situations and they feel a type of way about it and and that happens. Yeah. Co- you know, with with college sports all the time. But yeah. Analysis is just that sometimes. It's just analysis. Everyone's and there's no there's no offense meant by it. It's just, hey, I'm paid to do a job. I'm going to do that job. Yeah. I will say though, regardless of all the flux that we've seen over the last couple of weeks with <laughs> Chandler leaving, different targets popping up. Like honestly, I'm very encouraged about where Memphis is oh, hell yeah. right now. Hell yeah. Just with all, all the possibilities on the table, a lot of people seem confident. And DeAndre Williams retaining eligibility for one more season. Memphis clearly in there early with JQ is a good sign. And going back to the topic of conversation of this late in the cycle getting in, JQ someone who's been to two schools, has been in in the college level for a long time now. So I do see him, you know, maybe taking his time and making the right decision. But at the same time, like, as a guy who wants to win, as a guy who's been a part of multiple teams – I can't see him delaying it forever. Like I, I, I can no, see him I, making a relatively quick decision. I, I would imagine that's what I, I I said that today on my show. Um, it, it wouldn't make sense to delay this for a month or so. Like you no. get right back in, so you can get used to your teammates. You can get used to what's expected of you, especially as a point guard. And, and you have a landing spot for one more year. Like you don't want to delay it too long. No, you no. don't want to like. And for him, he was a five star first of all, and like he's been in college for five years at this point. I. If I'm putting myself in his shoes, I wouldn't want to go through a whole nother recruiting process. Right. Let me get the. I, I would probably have a a few places in mind right now, and I would give myself some deadline that's very soon, like a week, week and a half, two yeah. weeks at the most, so I can get in and understand what I'm going to be doing next year, where I'm going to be at. Yeah, I can't imagine he'll delay though. What do you think? I mean, this will. I, I, I mean, I, I don't I, think this will linger. It just, yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. Not only is this a player that's you know a veteran player that has been in college that is probably ready to get back into the swing of things, just as being a basketball guy, but as a point guard and him carrying that weight, knowing what position he plays, knowing how important it is to a team, and how important he is to you know the overall connection of the team. I would think if you're really concerned about winning and being on a good team. Knowing that you're going to be a central part of it, you want to be there yeah. as soon as possible. Meet those guys. Start playing on the floor with those guys as a point guard, figuring out which spots guys like to be in, where their best spots on the floor. Are they good at rolling under? Are they good at rolling over? Are they yep. good from the corner? Uh, are they are they going to come off ball? Like, how is this player going to play as a, as a point guard, as a facilitator? I need to know where my guys are going to be and, and keep this team connected. So, just as as the player that JQ is, I think. You have to want to get there yeah, as quick yeah, as possible quick. to be successful. And there's only a few schools really involved in this. And right. I feel like Memphis is right there at the top. Yeah. I, th- I think uh, if it's reasonable, and I don't, heck, by the time this releases tomorrow, who knows what happens with JQ? But I, if I'm a Memphis fan. I'd feel pretty confident right this second about landing him. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it does. It makes sense. Um, 
All right, Gabe, not much University of Memphis news to talk about so far, but in the sports world overall, NBA, a lot going on there, some Memphis Grizzlies news we got to get into. So we'll see what Kenny has queued up for us. Like I said, got a feeling we're going to talk some NBA. So we're going to hear from some sponsors. We'll get back to the hot three on the other side. Carmigo makes it easy to sell your car while still getting the best price. Instead of taking your car from dealership to dealership to compare offers, Carmigo uses their virtual vehicle scanning technology to bring the dealerships to you. Simply use your phone to take a few pictures of your car, answer a few questions, and they'll share your car's listing with a whole network of buyers. And you can do it all from your phone. Buyers typically receive multiple offers on their cars in as little as a day. Plus, Carmigo handles all the paperwork. They'll even pick it up. What's up, guys? I'm so excited to announce that we have partnered with Coaching for Literacy, and you can read more about them at coachingforliteracy.org or follow them on social media at Coaching for Literacy. Your subscription to Bluff City NIL is 100% tax deductible because of our partnership together. Thank you for supporting Memphis Tiger student-athletes and helping promote the monumental cause of childhood literacy. I needed, I needed that. Okay, where'd you get this, man? Did you mix this, Kenny? Did Listen, you mix man. this up? Hell yeah. I'm not just a producer of podcasts. <laughs> if Young Metro don't trust you, I'm going <laughs> to shoot you. <laughs> you had me worried at the beginning. Was yeah, that a, it, until it dropped. Yeah, I was when, like, it, when right. the beat dropped. Oh, I understood. That Listen, uh... Christian wants a Morgan Wallen soundtrack. That's what he wants. <laughs> like, he, he wants an intro. He, he doesn't he like. He actually told me Eric Church is yeah, more his speed. Like Eric bro. Church is more his speed. Yeah, yeah, hundred oh, percent. Hey God. boys, let's come back to the hot three. You guys ready? Let's do it. Do it. All right. It's been a, uh, I mean, just kind of a wild weekend. Man, what do y'all? Let me ask you this: NBA draft. Do y'all enjoy it, or no. you just kind of? Nah. Let no. me say one thing. It may have been, I think it was one of the most watched drafts in a long time, and maybe ever. It was like up 24% from last year. That TV product was pure garbage. That was horrible to watch. I don't watch the NBA draft. The analysis was miserable. Um, I, I still hate the NBA can't start their league year like a, uh, a couple of days ahead of time so we can get the right hats on people because everyone's confused. Like, I see people in the Memphis Tiger uh, Facebook uh, group. group talking about, oh, I can't believe the Grizzlies drafted uh, Marcus Sasser, those traitors. He's a, <laughs> he's a Memphis Tiger killer, and they drafted Marcus Sasser. Oh, no, they didn't God. draft Marcus Sasser. And if they did, hell like, yeah. Man. Yeah, and I would love it <laughs> right. if they did. And by the way, um, the Pistons owned that pick because the Grizzlies traded to the Celtics. Celtics traded to the Pistons. Yeah. And like people, because he has the Grizzlies the hat, hat on, on, they think <laughs> he's a Grizzly. Yeah. The, the, NFL, the NFL draft is such a spectacle. And it it's kills so people. awesome. Like it's one of my favorite. We've talked about this. It's one of my favorite things about the NFL is the draft. Like I get super fired up for it. NBA draft sucks. Hey, you want to hear something funny too about the ESPN mock draft? I think it was Jonathan Gavoni. 28 of the 30 picks. He didn't get them in order, but 28 of the 30 guys that he thought would go in the first round went in the first round. He got 28 of 30 correct. Yeah. 
It's like the NFL draft's not that predictable. Yeah, it's not. That, that was super predictable this year. I mean, I still will go on YouTube and type in Pat McAfee announces for the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> You're right. Do you remember that video? It's, yeah. it's electric, man. It really is. Amazing. 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 All right. So since both of y'all didn't like the draft, let's talk about the draft. Sweet. Um, <laughs> no, no. I didn't like the TV product. I, I like following along. Yeah, I enjoy yeah, yeah, the... Yeah. I Like, I enjoy seeing... And also, I enjoy seeing guys like... You still... It's hard not to enjoy guys realizing their dreams 100%. right in front of your yeah, eyes and seeing the emotions and everything. Like, that's hard not to like. All right, who are the biggest winners, biggest losers of the draft? Uh, I'll start with one of my favorite winners that's sort of low-key. This is the low-key one. Okay. Give me the Nets as a winner. Yeah, Give me the Nets the as a winner. Back-to-back picks. Back-to-back picks, you get Noah Clowney, who's a really versatile sort of big front court member. Um, Dariq Whitehead, who shot 43%. The scoring upside Dariq Whitehead could have in the NBA is pretty substantial. He's still young. And then at 51, at 51, they get Jalen Wilson. I think all three of those picks, and I know that's a young team that's in a rebuild. I think all three of those picks could be on the active roster this year and get minutes and play well. Yeah. Like, I, like, I think they went and got guys that are good basketball players. Yeah. So I, I like all three of those picks, even though they didn't have that premier lottery lottery pick. Yeah, I'm gonna go Houston Rockets. I think yep, that's pretty that's fair. Pretty easy. Cam I mean, Whitmore fell. Yeah, Cam Whitmore fell to them and then getting Amin Thompson at four. Also, the Thompson twins, big winners going back to back. That's pretty cool. And you're just back to back millionaires. Well, Troy Tom Troy Troy cool. Thompson Senior, his swimmers did well. Yeah, they did. His, they well, did really well. Well, how does it work if you have twins? Is it one? Is it a singular swimmer or is it a couple swimmers that merge together? Couldn't tell you. How does that work? Well, or is it I like after once they once they Kenny should know he is a twin. I am a twin, so How does I, that work? I don't know. <laughs> Are you the older twin or I'm, the younger twin? By a minute, I'm I'm a minute older than my sister. No, but the the Thompson the Thompson brothers Troy Thompson Senior is really the biggest winner yeah. of the night. Four and five, um, but also Trailblazers. I'll give them tra- and t- well they need to trade Damian Lillard right. and get assets for him. But Scoot Henderson falling to three is awesome. I mean, outside of Victor Wembanyama, that's like my can't miss guy this year. I thought Brandon Miller much as I like him, I think there's a chance. Like, he's got a... He doesn't have as much upside. He's got a lower ceiling, maybe yeah. a slightly higher floor than Scoot, but I think Scoot has a relatively high floor and just a... Extremely high Insane ceiling. ceiling. Yeah. If he can if he can start shooting the ball right. at, a, at, a, at a really good rate, which he's got the stroke for... As far as just I think tra- could be physical great. traits. I think he could be great. And then they ended up getting Chris Murray, who fell to 23, yep. who's similar to his brother, but maybe a little less... A little less put together as a basketball player, but he's got the similar physical traits because they're freaking twins, speaking right. of twins. Um, so they got him at 23. Then they got Ryan Rupert, who's like a – he's a French kid who played in the NBL, who's still young, who's, what, 6'7", really a 7'3 wingspan, can handle the ball, can pass the ball, can't really quite shoot yet, but he could develop those things. Like, I thought they did a good job getting those three guys, Scoot Henderson – Chris Murray and Ryan Repair. Yeah, totally agree. What do we think about Gigi Jackson to the Grizzlies? Why not? Why not? Well, why not? No, no, seriously. I, that's how I feel. I, I, It doesn't really fit the Zach Kleiman thought process necessarily, but I think that's an okay thing. And the reason I say that is not because I don't think he's – like he's got the physical traits. Like he's, 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 eight, he's two months younger than Bronny James, for God's sake. Right. He's 18 years old and he reclassified which is probably a stupid decision, like looking back at it, because he didn't quite 
he could have helped himself drastically if he would have grown up quicker and not been all in his coach's faces. But this is different for Zach Kleiman because he did draft a guy who has perceived, and I'm not saying they're fully true, but perceived character issues. Yeah. Where it's like he talked crap about the South Carolina program on Twitter, went after his teammates and his coaches. Um, but Zach Kleiman said he thought through the draft process that he – convinced him that that is not himself that is not who Gigi Jackson is and Gigi Jackson had a he was on like a news he had like a interview with the press before the draft and he said that was big-headed Gigi I'm little-headed Gigi now because of what I've gone through this one year at South Carolina so maybe maybe Zach Kleiman's on to something but I like the big swing 6-9 I really good iso ball player yeah um but he's got to develop other parts of his game. He's got to give second and third efforts on defense. Um, he's got to start shooting better and better shots, better shot selection. But it's hard to deny an 18-year-old who's 6'9", who can go create a shot just at will. Yep. A couple other notes before we move on. Former Memphis Tiger, Imani Bates, got drafted in the second round by the Cleveland sure Cavaliers. Did. Him yeah. and Gigi kind of give me the same. like Same Bob. Well, it's like... <sighs> Isn't it about mentality with guys like that? Absolutely. Like, now you're two-way. You've been a number one recruit your whole life. You've yep. been the guy who shows up. And you're the guy. And you are immediately crowned. Yeah. Now you're a two-way guy that's not going to get preferential treatment. They're going to make you develop. How do you respond do you mentally that? to that? Yeah. That's it. Absolutely. But I like Amani's skill set. It's hard not to. Yep. I, I wish he was a little more athletic. I wish he could do more at the rim right now. But his shot his shot creation and his how quick that shots out of his hand is insane yeah his scoring upside is crazy now uh, my favorite second round pick came right after Imani Bates Oklahoma City Thunder get Keontae Johnson I know he's a little bit older as a prospect but Keontae was my favorite player in college basketball last year and on a Thunder team that is young obviously they have some star talent in SGA and Josh Giddy. but as a relatively young team who knows? Keontae um, Johnson could catch there and could could get some minutes this year, potentially. It, and if it weren't for what transpired, which makes his story unbelievable. Right. Like, basically almost dying on the floor at Florida. If it weren't for that happening, dude would have been a probably a lottery pick. Probably. Easily a first-round pick. Yep. Like, I mean, he, he's got game, and I think he could be – he's relatively pro-ready. Like you could, yeah. you could, you could put him into your rotation. I, I honestly, I'd feel comfortable. And to get that at fifty, I'll take, take that every day. All right, Kenny. All right, topic number two. Obviously, you guys talked about Gigi Jackson and the Grizzlies' draft picks. They had a draft pick at twenty-five, but traded it away with Tyus Jones and a couple of other picks. One other pick next year, the Golden State Warriors pick for Boston Celtic Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart. <laughs> Marcus I, Smart. I don't. I don't get the hate on this because I've seen. I've seen a fair amount, especially nationally, of saying this is a head scratching move for the Grizzlies because they got rid of uh, Tyus Jones. And I know Tyus Jones, one of the best backup point guards in the league, in a year where you're going to be without John Morant for 25 games. I get that, but at the same time, what Marcus Smart brings is way more than Tyus Jones will ever bring is, from a defensive <sighs> perspective. Uh, from a three-point perspective, just overall, 100%. what Marcus—a leadership, veteran presence, 
I know we, I, I, me and Kenny were talking about this the other day. Somehow, Marcus Smart's still only 29 years old. Yeah, I feel like right. he's going to leave yeah. forever. Um, but a, a guy that, along with Jaron Jackson, that is an incredible duo of defensive talent on your team. Some Last people, two defensive players of the year. Right. Yeah. Some, people, some people are saying <laughs> it kind of, and I've seen this nationally, it kind of makes up for the loss of Dylan Brooks. Do what? Kind of. Kind what are you of. talking about? Marcus Smart is a major upgrade over Dylan Brooks. Massive upgrade he is, over Dylan Brooks. He is, if he's not number one, he's a top three perimeter defender in the NBA. Absolutely. And it's not close. And he can guard one through three. He's yep. long as hell. He's longer than Dylan Brooks. Yep. He's got a 6'9 wingspan. I think Dylan Brooks is 6'6". Six, six. Don't worry about the fact that he's only 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, right. That's not the, that doesn't tell the story he about who he is. He plays way bigger than what he is. Hell yeah. yeah. And I guess the thought here, too, is like they overpaid. But one, I've also seen the Tyus Jones thing where they're like, well, it's, who's the better player? Marcus Smart by a lot. Yeah. Like, what are we? He's more proven. He's a defensive player of the year. He's been all defense multiple times. I don't know what we're talking about here. Um, but people are saying they're overpaid because of the extra Warriors pick in 24 that they gave away. It's top 20 protected, right? Yeah. And I think it's going to be top five protected yeah. going into next year. But I don't give a damn about <laughs> late first-round picks. I'm no. sorry. And the Grizzlies have taken how many late first-round picks in the last – last year they took two. Right. They took two. And then they've had Desmond Bain and Santi. I mean, like, I'm tired of late first-round picks. You don't need to keep – and what did, what did uh, Zach Kleiman say? I don't want to triple down on youth or quadruple down on youth. This is, a, this is a way to do it. And the way I see it, Marcus Smart kills – I said this on the air – three birds with one stone. One, if you're worried about John Morant and, like, this team being too young, there's your veteran presence. Two, Dylan Brooks, you're worried about that defense? There you go. You're worried about that defense? That's an upgrade. Yep. That you, we can, I, you, you can talk about it all you want. That is an upgrade for the Western Conference, chase around Steph and Dame and those type of guys. Upgrade. And then you were worried about, okay, if we don't have Tyus and you don't have Ja for 25 games, who's going to run point? There you go. He's yep. going to run it, and you'll be afloat, and you'll feel good before Ja gets back. And then when he gets back, what is it? Ja, Marcus Smart, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., Steven Adams starting lineup. Love it. Love it. Love it. And is Marcus Smart not tailor-made for Memphis? Yes. <laughs> like, come on. Dude, and, like, you know what's crazy is the parallels between him Allen. and Tony Allen. Yep. 29 years old, they went from the Celtics to the Grizzlies. They're both Oklahoma State players. Yeah. Had and, they're, and they're all – and they're both all-NBA, all-defense. Yeah. Had been to a finals with the Celtics. Yeah, the it's, parallels are crazy. It's great. It's insane. Yep. It's insane. It's perfect. Yep. I think it's perfect fit. And, again, all these things, like – may not have worked out but if you sat with Tyus Jones and didn't make a move that could have that may have not worked out as well I just like the fact that Zach Kleiman seemingly being aggressive and going and trying to find different ways to replace Dylan Brooks defense production yep absolutely love it last topic <coughs> Kenny all right so last weekend the PFL had a fight <coughs> and what dominated the news was not what happened inside the cage but outside the cage, yep. a face-off between John Jones, who was cornering Maurice Green, who was one of the main headliners of that fight. John Jones was outside of the ring, and he had a face-off with Francis Ngannou, the newest PFL fighter. Made me start to think about the fact that we are probably never going to see John Jones versus Francis Ngannou. First question about this is... <laughs> God, I love Trey Lasley so much. I'm just going to get that out on the airwaves. Yep. The first question I have is, 
whose fault is it that we're not going to see John Jones versus Francis Ngannou? Is it Dana White in the UFC? It's Francis Ngannou. Or Francis Ngannou. I I mean, we will never know the behind the scenes and all that stuff, but I don't really care. I I mean, I I blame it on Francis Ngannou, truthfully. That was actually a more respectful face-off than I expected it to be. Yeah, it was. But Francis... John Jones wanted it to get disrespectful. He wanted it to For be sure. disrespectful. And Francis was like, he was doing everything he could to not let it get there. Yeah. You know? And it's since, just, since we will never see... I, 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 think, I guess I have to put it on Francis, though, yeah. ultimately. I mean, unfortunately. I, I know people have their problems with Dana White, whatever. But, I mean, he did come out and say he offered him the biggest heavyweight contract of all time. You can believe it or not, but... You know, why would they not offer Francis Ngannou the biggest heavyweight contract See, of all time? He's <sighs> one of the most watched heavyweights of all time. Like it just it, doesn't it would make it too bother much sense. you though that we never know that the the Dana can say that all he wants, but he never shows the money. Oh no, never shows not. the damn contract. No, it's hard to take him at his damn word. Do you think it's disrespectful that he comes out and says Francis Ngannou was scared? Yeah, of course it is. I mean, yeah, it's meant to be disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. You think he's, you think he's, yeah, not doing that to be disrespectful. You think he's playing nice? Yeah, no, Dana <laughs> no, White he's, don't play he's nice. literally trying. Honestly, if this all ended his way, like Dana White would be disrespectful to Francis, and Francis would come crawling back because of the disrespect. That's yeah. what he wants to happen. But I mean, it is kind of weak that Francis Ngannou, who arguably the best heavyweight on the planet, yeah. is fighting in freaking PFL. Like, I, I, I want to see the. I want to see what he made. Probably made a. Hell of a lot of money. Yeah, but he's going to dominate, murder everyone in <laughs> PFL. I know. Like, come on, bro. That who's is, who's who's the uh, female fighter they have? Though? Kayla Harrison. She might whoop ass in the UFC. Oh, if she she's came a, over. Kayla Harrison's awesome, but she just yeah. got beat though. She did. Just she lose. did. She yeah, just she got lost beat. a few months. Oh, so, so let, a few me months ago, right? let me no, shut up. then. No, she is a she's, oh, a, she's monster. a monster. Yeah, she's, she's a, monster. a monster. Yeah. Um, who wins that fight though? If it ever happened, if it were to ever happen, even though. Come on. Probably not. Come on. John. You got to go with Bones, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, Francis could obviously catch him and send him into the shadow realm because he's the heaviest hitter Talk, of all time. I just saw. <laughs> but John's the good. I just saw John Jones step in the ring with Cyril gone and choke him out in 30 seconds. Right. I, I, his first fight in heavyweight ever against a dude that's just built like a freaking Greek god. Yeah. You wanted me to say brick shit. House. I did. You knew it too. He is built like a brick shit house. <laughs> but uh, he choked him out in thirty seconds. So like I, I wagering money on anything besides John Jones in a UFC fight that he's fighting in is foolish. Yep, I agree. But, I never, never would have believed that Francis would have won that fight until I, he actually would have won it. But Francis, it catches you with one good right hook. Shadow realm. He might get you up. A uh, man. I don't know. <laughs> his soul, to the his soul would leave his body. Yeah. But. Catching John's not that easy. We've seen that in his career. Yeah, doesn't happen. All right, part two to this uh, to this topic is it got me thinking about other fights, like big-time fights that we wanted to see that we never have had a chance to see. And I wanted to get y'all's, y'all's thoughts on this. Like, what is your fight that you wish that you had seen in the UFC but never happened? It's. I mean, it had to be a more recent one for me because I – didn't start watching heavily until like four years ago but right when i start or a little bit after i started watching the khabib and tony stuff was massive and that fight fell through i think four times um and and i mean at that point in time before tony ferguson fought justin gaethje and got manhandled it was believed that tony ferguson was the only person on the 
face of the but planet he's so cooked now. that could give Khabib a run for his money. Yes, nope. he's cooked now, you know but the, at that I have point a better time, one for you, but it, obviously it's a little more abstract. All right. It has to do with Khabib. Okay. And the timelines never were going to match up because of age and, like, time they got in the UFC. But if we would have got Khabib, GSP to overlap at any point. Well, there are different weight classes. Well, there was like a fight. There was a fight on the table at one point for Khabib and GSP. Oh, uh, yeah. I think they had talked about it yeah. or something like that. Dana was that trying to make it That would have been fun. That would have been fun as hell. Let's be real. That'd been a lot, uh, they, they might not have stood up at all. I, they might have been on I the know, ground but the that entire time. But damn, that, if there's somebody who could keep up with Khabib, probably on the ground, there we go. Yeah. That's the guy. But everyone thought El Kakui could do it. Just <laughs> with how crazy he is, how his scrambles and stuff like that, they thought he could potentially do it. But we'll never know. Because Tony Ferguson, I guess is, the world will never is know. washed, mega washed. He's, he's I think he fights. I think he fights Bobby Green in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Bobby Green might send send him he to the might, shadow he realm. Might, he might. Bobby Green packs a punch, dude. Yeah. But yeah, I guess that's it. No, yeah. we're gonna wrap it up. We're gonna get out of here. Thank you guys for joining us again this week. If you're watching on YouTube, like, subscribe, comment. If you're listening to us, obviously you can find us on any podcast forms. Comment there, subscribe there. Check out all of our other content over at bluffcitymedia.co, podcast, videos, articles, everything is there. And one last reminder, if you want to sell your car, sell it in 24 hours at Carmigo, carmigo.io slash on the bluff 350. All caps. All caps. The wholesale fee yep. is waived. You get to sell your car for free. So we will see you guys back here next week. Thank you for listening to On The Bluff. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and a review wherever you download your podcasts. Also, like and subscribe to Bluff City Media's YouTube page. Head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co for comprehensive coverage of Memphis sports and how you can become an insider.